0: Welcome to the Alien Beer Podcast. My name is Chrissy Garrison. I'm an independent science fiction and fantasy author, and I will be reading my stories to you. Well, dear listeners, this is it, the last episode of the Multiverse Blues. It's been an amazing ride for me. I hope it's been as much fun for you, since you're still here listening to this. I'll go on the record as saying that I don't have plans for a sequel to this story, but you never know. I'm sure some of these characters will show up in the next project, which will also be about Wayfarers traveling between the worlds. Have you enjoyed the story? The Multiverse Blues is now a book. Check out Amazon for ebook and paperback versions, with more availability coming soon. In the final episode of The Multiverse Blues, Jules faces down two armies which threaten the lives of the refugee Tristellians and the Theta Earth concert crowd that might get caught in the crossfire. How can Jules stop the oncoming slaughter? The Multiverse Blues, Chapter 26, Rambling on My Mind So much happened at once, it's hard to keep it straight in my head which things happened in what order. Let me try to sort it out. Most immediately, the violence snapped my connection to the between space. I panicked, thinking we'd leave Tristellians behind, still enslaved by the Arch Authority. Then another Tristellian arrived, wet and disoriented. "'They're doing this without me,' I said, amid the confusion. Dion nodded and spoke loudly to be heard above the whistles and clicks. "'They've firmed up the signal even more. They do this innately, it seems. They're multidimensional in nature.' The room seemed a little less crowded despite the new arrivals. I glanced at the round hatch in the center of the first ship. Tristellians climbed down the ladder, one after another. "'As I said, multiple things happened at once.' made more confusing by my awareness being split between the interior of the verse ship and what was happening outside around Hope. She saw them emerge, and I felt them join her, humming in chorus with her song, standing firm, despite the weapons aimed at them by the U.S. of Dixie soldiers that had arrived through Air Jewel's portal. The humming and singing joined together in a tangible harmony that made my skin prickle with electricity once more. The thought came up from Hope, Come down and join us, Jules. We need you. As I stood, Dion removed the helmet interface from my head. I meant to tell her my plans, but before I could speak, another thing happened outside. Another portal, also the size of an arch gate, appeared on the opposite side of the crowd. An armored vehicle led the charge, followed by a dozen armored ground troops. Among them strode a small figure with short blue hair, wearing a highlighter yellow jumpsuit with an electric blue sash. They wore dark glasses that I realized must be specks. The real Delta Jewels. Last out of the Delta Gate drove a battered tour bus, emblazoned with a stylized Tristellian's face and musical notes, along with the words, Hope's Tour. La Esperanza had arrived. I pushed past a couple of Tristellians to make my way to the hatch. As I descended, Jasmine the Cat leaped to cling to my back and shoulders. Lee called out to me, "'Be careful, Jewels!' I know better than anyone that meeting yourself is a tricky business. It's always weird, but remember, there's still you. I didn't have time or mental cycles to consider what his words might mean at the time. As I touched the ground, my double from Delta called out on a bullhorn. Soldiers of the United States of Dixie, stand down. You are in violation of the Arch Authority's Code of Conduct. Any Harb visited upon the Tristellians will be an act of war, and we will use superior weapons technology to defeat you. Lee's words echoed in my mind, and I found I could not imagine a life that led me to take either of my doubles positions. How could I side with the capitalist slavers or with imperialistic warmongers? Hope and I shared the briefest of glances. She smiled, filling me with a courage I hadn't known I needed so desperately until that moment. The growing line of Tristellians behind us hummed and whistled and clicked, producing the effect of blues music if it were produced by a harmonizing a cappella orchestra. Believe me, I was there, and I don't think I can explain it any better than that. Whatever you care to call what I heard that day, I felt it with my whole being. Without words, the Tristellian chorus conveyed such lonely sadness and terrible loss that I wept despite all that went on around me. It was then that I knew just how far we were from the lost world of Tristel, and I ached with the feeling of having no home in the universe to go home to. Pinned between two small armies, the crowd hunkered down, many with hands over their heads or shielding others with their bodies. Something swelled in me, and though I mistook it for fear for their safety at first, it blossomed into warm compassion and a desire to protect them at all costs. And not just them, but I needed to protect the Tristellians we had saved, along with Harlan and Dribbler and Hope. More than that, I needed the troops in either army to be safe. Out loud I said to Hope, with certainty that she understood me. How can we save them all? She continued to sing the wordless song with her people, but in my mind I heard her say, Not we, Jules. You. Everything has led up to you being the one to save us all. I knew this from the moment we met. Go, speak with the others. I looked in the direction of the Dixie portal, and my eyes met with the jewels from Aird. Her expression softened, and we nodded at one another. She held up a hand to make the troops from her world stand by, and then she skirted the crowd to walk toward me. As I turned to look toward Jelta Jewels, I found them already walking in my direction. The arch troops had aimed their guns at the ground, but they stood tense and ready as well. Jasmine leaped from my shoulders and trotted out away from Hope and into the open area between her and the crowd, exactly halfway between my two doubles. Only that lulling, hypnotic, Tristellian blues music could be heard as I followed the cat once more into danger and into the unknown. We three jewels from different dimensions met where Jasmine stood, and she weaved around each of our feet in turn. The three of us exchanged long, significant looks. You knocked me out, tied me up, and left me in the between space, said Delta Jules to Erd Jules. their voice low and dangerous. Your people stranded my father and Arn, left to die at their hands, growled Erd Jewels to Delta Jules. I thought about Lee's words once more and said, As much as I hate to say this, deep down you both know that you would do exactly as the other has done if you were in their place. Each of them glared at me, and in unison they said, I absolutely would not! And then the strangest thing happened. We laughed, all three of us, at that moment in the middle of armies. Beneath the Tristellian interdimensional flying saucer, with its beautiful singing Delphine aliens, and in front of the cowering crowd, it seemed like the world spun around the three of us. The three of me. When we stopped laughing... I held out my hand to each of them. Neither of them took my hand right away. Instead, they shot a look at each other first. Delta Jules pushed up their specks to reveal their eyes. Aired jewels eyes met Deltas across the space between them, and they seemed to come to a mutual decision, and each held out both of their hands. We three linked hands, and more than just that touch passed between us. The mental bond I shared with Hope Perhaps powered by the dozen or more Tristellian singing with her, connected me with each of the other jewels. I lost track of whose eyes I looked out of. Aired jewels corset hugged my ribcage. Delta jewels specks itched within the hair upon my head. The memories of two lifetimes flowed into me, mingling with my own. I grew up a daddy's girl to a military father who left and never came back. I'd tried to follow in his footsteps ever since. At the same time, I grew up in fast-paced technological luxury as I climbed the corporate ladder. They learned what it was to drift from job to job, relationship to relationship, never fitting in all that well, seeking something to replace family, but always leaving it behind in the end. We understood each other on a level beyond intimacy. We were one. And yes, I was right. I knew deep down that I would do exactly as each of my interdimensional selves would have done because they were me, and they had done so. As one, we thought about the standoff. The Arch Authority needed Tristellians to maintain its world-spanning corporate empire. More than that, the Arch Worlds had become accustomed to being connected and would feel the loss of those pathways. They needed the Tristellians back to maintain the Arch Gates. Meanwhile, the U.S. of Dixie had grievances with their neighbors in Arne and wanted to revenge on the Arch Authority for challenging them as a sovereign entity. They wanted to have the freedom of crossing between worlds without Arch interference. They would kill the Tristellians to take the power away from the Arch Authority. My intimate connection with Hope as family drove home to the others that Tristellians were people to be loved and cherished, not enslaved or killed. My compassion for the crowd here in Grant Park, Chicago, in Theta Earth, spread to the two of them. Violence became unthinkable, despite the needs and wants of the Arch Authority and Aired's United States of Dixie. Neither could command their army to completely stand down. Neither could solve the underlying problems with a snap of their fingers. Together we shared the sad despair at the thought of the lives that would be lost if things moved forward as we knew they must. And then an idea came to me. What if the Tristellians shared their verse-ship technology with us? Air Jewels said, Yeah, and maybe they could be partners instead of slaves? Delta Jules smiled. Maybe all worlds could be empowered to create other means to travel from one to another? What we need now, I said, is to make everyone understand this as we do. Hope's thoughts came to me just then. Would you say that you could use some hope? I laughed with the other two of me, and we agreed that would be perfect. I sent the thought to Hope and both of the other jewels. I know just the song. Hope nodded to Dribbler, who began to clap once more. Dribbler called out to the crowd. We could all use some hope right now. Rock and roll gonna save your soul. And then the chorus of Tristellians sang out the opening words to Journey's Don't Stop Believin'. A wave of music and emotion broke upon the crowd, and everyone stood up to cheer and clap along with Dribbler. I could almost see the wave flow out to overwhelm both armies and cover the interdimensional portals. As the song went on, the crowd joined in, and then the soldiers put down their weapons and began to clap and sing along. I know no one believes this part when I tell the story, I know that those back home in Aird and Delta and the other arch worlds don't fully understand. But at that moment, during that song, each and every one of us understood each other as one. More than just the three of us being one, all of us were one. We knew that we always had been and always would be. The song that Hope and her kin sang transcended the words of the pop song that reached our ears by reaching into our very essences as sentient beings, and we all knew that if we had lived the lives of any of the others of us, we would have followed the same path and made the same decisions. That compassion I'd felt for the crowd spread to each and every person there, and from that day on, we were changed forever, having seen through the eyes of hundreds of others while feeling their pain and joys and unique outlook on life, as though we are always had and always would. The message of Hope's music was in her name, but it was something we all found within each other that day. And then the song ended. Everyone stood, stunned, for a full minute, staring at one another with new eyes and changed souls. And then, even though the connection had ended, we all cheered and clapped as one. The rest of the concert was a blur. I know that I hugged each of my other selves and we ran to greet Marcy and a bandaged Babs as they burst out of La Esperanza. We shook hands with soldiers and spectators. We sang along with Tristellians, and we shouted our requests that Hope was happy to fulfill. It was the best party I've ever been to. At the end of the concert, there at the end of the tour, Hope called out to everyone present to say, My friends, this is the end, but also the beginning. Don't stop believing." Let us each hold each other close, even when we leave this place. Thank you for being you. I love you one and all. Arms encircled me, and the scent of Dribbler's sweat let me know who it was that held me. Before I could say anything to him, another set of arms wrapped around us, and Hope's body pressed against me. She murmured in my ear, Jules, you were fantastic. Soon enough, our group hug broke up, as Marcy and Babs cut in to embrace each of us individually. Harlan stood awkwardly nearby, but Hope pulled him into the circle to share the love and triumph. Jasmine headbutted our legs, not to be denied her share of adoration. So what happens now? asked Dribbler. Harlan looked over his shoulder at the Aird Gate and its celebrating soldiers. Guess we all go home and work out this new way of getting around from world to world. Home, breathed Dribbler. I just can't go back to Gamma. Marcy and Babs shook their heads. Agreeing with Dribbler, their fingers intertwined. Hope gazed downward. She sang, You know I have no home to return to, but I hear my kinner negotiating an expedition back in the direction of Tristel. Perhaps we will find a world alike enough to that place to begin again. What about you, Jules? I smiled but sighed, my heart heavy all of a sudden. I could go back and try to make it work with Sam, but she's already moved on. Guess I could just go back to Beta and maybe see if my world's Dion needs help saving the world. She might overlook my spotty resume in light of recent events, don't you think? You could, sang Hope, touching the wetness of my cheek, but it would seem to be a waste of your talents. My talents, I said. I've never stuck with any one thing long enough to get very good at it. What do you have in mind? She smiled and pulled me closer. I only just hired you into my crew, and it would be a shame to see you go. I pushed her away to look her in the eyes. Don't tease. Don't you dare. You just said you were going off to find a new home with your kin. It's hard enough saying goodbye to the most wonderful person I've ever met without being taunted about it. Jules, she sang, her smile softening. Have you learned nothing about me? What do I always say? As one, the crew shouted, The show must go on! I looked from one face to another, certain that I must have missed a meeting somehow. But how? Hope cradled my face in her smooth hands and kissed me. When she drew back, she said, I was thinking, it's going to take a while for the local worlds to sort out all the details. Only then can my people go searching for a new home. So in the meantime, what do you think about a spectacular farewell tour? I took a step back from Hope to look around at my friends. Jasmine leaped into my arms and I petted her head. You know I'm in, but Hope, what about your kin? Hope held her arms wide, taking in all of us there. My people value family above all else. We travel in pods, like the dolphins of your world, each of us taking care of the others. You, my crew, are all my family. My pod. Let's get things settled and then we can hit the road once more. How will we get from world to world while they work things out? asked Dribbler. I had a little talk with Dion, back on the ship. She thinks it would be child's play for her to rig a bigger version of the portal gun as a permanent part of La Esperanza. We could go anywhere we pleased, like a little road-bound verse ship. Who's with me? Dribbler raised his hand, a goofy grin upon his face. Babs and Marcy raised their joined hands together, giggling. Even Harlan raised his hand, an odd look of wonder glinting in his eyes. Sitting upon my shoulder, Jasmine raised a paw and let out a long, heartfelt meow. All eyes fell upon me. Well, Jules, said Marcy, are you ready to run away with us? I raised my hand, glancing at Jasmine. Why not? I could do a lot worse than to follow a cat into the unknown. Again. The End Thank you for listening to the Alien Beer Podcast. If you like my stories, please visit my website, sillyhatbooks.com. I publish as E. Chris Garrison, and my books may be found in paperback, ebook, and audiobook format on amazon.com and other places. The theme music for Alien Beer Podcast is Phantom from Space by Kevin McLeod. I very much enjoy feedback on this podcast and on my stories, so please leave comments on my website visit me at at ec garrison on twitter e chris garrison on facebook or drop me an email at ecg at sillyhatbooks.com what evil lurks in the heart of don mondo only chucky the buddha the enforcer of the mondo mafia knows join them each week on the mondo method podcast as Chuck tries to get Don Mondo to reveal what is best in life, and where he hid the bodies. Oh, they also talk about writing, and being professional authors. The Mondo Method Podcast, with Armand Rosamelia, and Chuck Buddha, weekly, wherever you find your podcasts. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.